0: Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. I am uh, your host, Dean Holland, and I'm here in Zoomerplex with Charlie Dobbin. How are you, Charlie?
2: Face-to-face. Yeah. Here we are. How are you doing? It doesn't happen very often. No, this is very exciting. It was pre-Christmas last time we were yeah. here in
1: studio. Well, of course, with all the shutdowns and everything, people were told, stay home. And beautiful that we have the technology, that mm. we can do it from home. But True. when I heard that you were going to be in studio this week, <laughs> I said, I Drop am everything. going in. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> it's, fun. it's so I'm fun glad you to see you. Came.
2: you. But you you, you know, yeah. both of us. You're two hours f- in north, and I'm two hours east. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty... For a one-hour show, it's a pretty big chunk out of the day.
1: Yeah, collectively, and, um, if we add our hours together, it takes 16 <laughs> hours of driving for to us do to meet together. a one-hour show. <laughs> it does. So. Yeah, but it's great. Uh, Listen, I want to give out those numbers, better, okay? Yep. And we're going to chat. Uh, but uh, yeah, we would love for you to call. Of course, the mantra, call often, call early, and one question per call, please. Anywhere in Toronto, 416 Or... Anywhere else in the province of Ontario, it is a toll free call one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero please let Carlos know and it 's also great to see Carlos too yeah, yeah. Uh, let Carlos know if you are a first time caller because then we will give you. Your garden wings, okay? There we are. So, what do you got for us? Don't it is going to be stranger. super warm, apparently, uh, coming up after
2: yeah? this little uh, slushy—well, actually, pretty icy yeah. situation a bit icy right in now. The way. Yeah, it's, they said. I read. Uh, we're going from March to May overnight in the wow. next few days. Now, maybe you're kind of up there in snow country. It won't really be feel like May up there, maybe for you. Yeah, uh, and you've got Lake Huron close by. We do cooling things down it, Yeah, and more so
1: than around us. We we're right because we're right at the at the south part. We get all. The but wind off South Georgian Bay, and wind. we normally are a bit colder.
2: Yeah, yeah year-round. Well, actually, warmer in the winter, but colder mm-hmm. in the summer, yeah. cooler. but cooler. Uh, Yeah, so anybody who's near a big lake isn't going to get the same double digits that I think yeah. uh, many of us will, but I'm looking forward to it. It's uh,
1: spring well. is in the
2: air. Yes. Now, Wait, is this warm
1: those... weather going to make those dastardly worms come out well, okay. that you have been hearing about and eat all of the good stuff in our garden? Uh, oh, which will... Hold on.
2: You, you Don't get confused. No. We like our earthworms. Yes. Right? But... And keep in mind that... That all earthworms are uh, what we would call it um they they're an exotic species they are not native to Canada they were brought gotcha. by Uh, pioneers, if you will. But yeah, no, I've been... The Master Gardeners of Ontario have really jumped on top of an issue that I think everybody needs to sort of get on top of, particularly in certain areas in Toronto, they have discovered something called jumping worms. So jumping worms is the common name. Uh, Proper name is... What is it? You've got the...
1: I've got it here, yeah. It's called the uh, Soil Wrecking ferritimoid jumping worms. Ferritimoid. Ferritimoid. That's a pH. Yeah. So for more information, really good website,
2: Invasive Species Centre. So that's one word, Invasive Species Centre dot C-A. That'll give you an update on what's going on in Ontario. The, the bottom line is this is a worm that decomposes organic matter at such a, f- a high rate, so, so fast, that we end up with massive erosion wherever we have these worms. So they can really cause problems in the home garden, but particularly in the forests, where you don't want all those leaves to get decomposed overnight. Uh, We want it to be a slow process. So for more information, take a look. And I think for any hort societies out there that are planning any kind of plant sales this spring, you need to be aware of this. You do not want to spread this worm through selling plants that are in pots, in soil, that might have jumping worm cocoons or eggs in the soil this spring. So just. Just be aware of that.
1: Okay, listen, uh, we have to go to a break, and then when we come back, we're going to start taking some collars. Okay?
0: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: Hey there! Welcome back to the Garden Show. I am Dean Holland, and here in Zoomerplex Studio with Charlie Dobbin. We're very excited, we, and we're both grinning. We are the grinning, yeah. Ear.
2: So, hey, you want to see us? Mm-hmm. Tune in to to this radio show on the web. So go to am740.ca, listen live, and you'll hear us and see us. Yes,
1: I hadn't had to worry about my hair for (laughs) weeks, and then today I had to make sure that I was properly coiffed. There you go. Okay, uh, we've got a caller on the line. We've got a couple of them. We're going Mm -hmm. to go to Jenny, who is calling from Jarvis, Ontario. And And and, she's a first-time caller. Jenny, you're a first-time caller. How are you, Jenny? I'm fine. Good. Going to give you your garden wings, my dear.
2: Welcome to the show there you Thank go. you very much I yep. listen all the time
3: Fabulous
1: What do you got there for uh, Charlie?
2: Um, well I cut
3: my hibiscuses back a couple of weeks ago Like she's been telling us to do mm-hmm. I don't usually do it this time of year mm-hmm. But now I'm getting all the new growth is covered with aphids
2: Oh interesting wonder where they came from yeah. So they were asleep and woke up, or they come in on a plant. Has any new pl- have any new plants come into your house in the last Not two
4: weeks? Not new
3: plants, but I've got a fairly large greenhouse attached to the side of my house, and I put all my plants
2: outside in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've probably brought them in. And they've been Light dormant. Half, yeah. And you know what? They, it's like it probably it's just co- totally coincidental that it happened when the pruning happened. It's probably more connected to the weather. Okay. Days are getting longer. Sun is definitely getting more intense and higher in the sky. So your greenhouse is probably warmer when the sun is out now than it was a month ago or two months ago. Right. And the aphids have woken up. That's all that is. So you know what it is. It's a soap solution when the sun is not shining on these plants, and that will knock them right down. And do you use the little ye- the yellow? Yellow sticky uh, insect attracting killer. Uh, st- well, sticky sticks is one form of the yellow paper. No, I haven't. I would get that if you have a greenhouse and you have a number of plants and you're going in and out, you cannot go into a commercial greenhouse and not see yellow tape strung all over the greenhouse, picking up things like fungus gnats, picking up the odd aphid. They're, insects are attracted to yellow, and it's basically like fly paper, right? It's the sticky paper. It will it will help lower any any population unless for some reason you've got say uh, be you know some biological controls in there. Then you obviously. Don't want to use the sticky stuff.
4: Yeah, no, this is just a a home greenhouse. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, good for you, and I'm sorry about the aphids, but they should be pretty controllable. Yeah. Okay, okay, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for calling. Don't be a stranger. Yeah. yeah.
1: Thanks, Jenny. I was uh, explaining uh, to Charlie uh, before we took the call where Jarvis was, That is sort of yeah. just south of uh, Hamilton, uh, my hometown, sort of between Hagersville and Port Dover. Right. There you go. And yes. now we're going to go to Hamilton. <laughs> we got another caller on the line. we got Karen from Hamilton. How are you this morning, Karen?
3: Good morning. How are you? I'm good, and
1: you're another first-time caller, so I'm going to give you your garden wings.
2: Dean's getting his, his exercise today. Is.
1: bell is being rung this morning. What do you got there, Karen? Welcome,
2: Karen.
3: Okay, I have a good news story about my Amaryllis. Mm-hmm. I bought an Amaryllis at the grocery store after Christmas. Mm -hmm. It was in the wax ball Mm -hmm. and it came out beautifully. It was just a beautiful plant and I was really sorry to see it go. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I took the wax off of it and I planted it in a pot,
5: Mm
3: -hmm. um, left about a quarter inch of the um, bulb Mm -hmm. and I cut everything back and I put it in a south window. And today it's blooming again. Oh nice. I have one shoot. I have four beautiful red blooms. Nice. So I'm very happy with it.
2: Yeah, I bet. I didn't expect it. Yeah, oh, it's a bonus when you get two it, flowers. It is, that's...
3: really. And my uh, Christmas cactus is now blooming as well.
2: Yeah, I know. They are There's mine are two. But you know with that amaryllis, don't cut everything back now when when things start to grow out of that amaryllis. Now that you've got it in the soil, okay. let it grow. Let green leaves come up. Let who knows Maybe Maybe another flower might come up. You yeah, never know, right? I,
3: I give it a little bit of water, yeah. as, as I do with my Christmas cactus every week, just a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and just left it in the window, and I, I got a nice surprise.
2: Good stuff. Well, you can keep that amaryllis for next year if you let it be green and a houseplant for the next few months, and that'll fatten the bulb up for next year.
3: Okay, that That's sounds great. great. Thanks it's, for the good news yeah, story there, Carrie. Love it, love it. Nice uh, to talk to you. And nice you to too. talk to you as
1: well. Yeah, I, you know I am very impressed <laughs> that, that Karen scraped the wax off that well, bulb. That's good right. for her. Well,
2: cause that's the only way to do it. Yeah. if she hadn't taken the wax off and just obviously left it on the on the window ledge or whatever, it might have bloomed again. But again, it's just the bulb is shriveling smaller yeah. and smaller in that process. So uh, yeah, good for her. What'd you do
1: with yours? It was in gravel. It's still in the gravel, and I'm still just keeping. I just gave it a little bit of water before I came mm-hmm. in today. I because
2: but it's yeah. got leaves, right? It's so, got
1: leaves. Yeah, yeah. so. I'm and let it doing the photosynthesis thing that you said, for right?
2: Months. You yeah, for months. Yeah, let month. it go just right through it, till August. I'm letting
1: all that goodness go back into the ball. That's, yeah, that's what right. I figure I have to do. Juice it so right back up. The other thing I have to do is go to a break. Okay, okay but you just want to do, we'll, do
2: the numbers just before you Yeah, we yeah, go? for sure. Yeah,
1: 416-360-0740. Uh, that's a Toronto number. Anywhere else in the province of Ontario, toll free, one 740 4740 And we will be right back.
4: Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, for Scythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlia's delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet Williams.
0: You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer
1: Radio. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to The Garden Show. I'm Dean Holland. And when I hear that list of all those flowers, <laughs> Charlie Dobbin, and I am daisies. getting excited because <laughs> it's coming. It is. Yeah, we have only one more show uh, in winter, technically. Next Saturday. Right? Because oh, right, then Sunday happens. at spring. I think it's at about 11.30 a.m. on the Sunday. We is should when phone each other. Spring. Yeah, happy spring. Toast spring. Yeah, I, I get darn giddy this time of year because I know what's coming. I really do. <laughs> it's yeah. true. Um, and you mentioned something, though, that one thing you don't like about I this week. Hate tomorrow, because you it's lose. a twenty-three hour
2: day. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, we're going to lose an hour. Yeah, my favorite day is the twenty-five hour day. I mean, you just you get more done, right? you, sure. just, you get that extra time. It isn't typical though in the spring when we have so much to do it's that true. we lose an hour. Yes. It's wrong. It's the I, other way around. <laughs> I,
1: I swallow the loss of the hour because, I honestly, I get so giddy when spring comes. <laughs> it just, say,
2: you just go, washes yeah, over you. I say, the, it's, you it lost it feels, an hour. It's
1: the same feeling to me. Is You know when you're going on a driving vacation and you're in the driveway and you're ready to go yeah. and you know that it's ahead of you? Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah,
2: everything's packed, ready to go. Yeah, just, uh, like, yeah.
1: Okay, we're going to go to a caller. I have got uh, Helen on the line, and uh, she's calling from Orangeville. How hmm. are you this morning, Helen? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning.
3: Good morning. I'm just calling about my uh, begonia bulbs. Mm -hmm. I collected them from last year, and I've had them for a few years now, and some of them are as big as a fist, and I'm just wondering if I, can I cut those in half or in four? Uh,
2: Okay, so they are tubers. Yes. Are they in soil still, or did you lift them? I'm sorry, pardon? Did you lift them out of the soil, or are they still in pots? Oh, they're not in soil right now. I I lifted them up in the fall. And are they round like a potato, or are they cup-shaped? They're not like a potato, but they are round, but they're not smooth. Right. And they've got little eyes coming out of them now. Yeah. So what you can do is treat them like a potato, in the sense that you can chop them up, ensuring that each piece has one of those little eyes okay. and one of those little sprouts starting to grow. Now, oh, okay. when, when you cut them, though, you are going to wound the tubers, so you are going to have to leave them above the on a piece of newspaper somewhere. Let them dry down a little bit before you plant. Oh, so they have to? Do I have to coat them with anything? No. I hear no. a lot about cinnamon and everything. Oh, I wouldn't do that. No, I let, let it just naturally dry down a bit, and then when you plant, you're going to get some nice, fresh, moist potting soil and nice, clean pots, and you're going to plant those little chunks with the little sprouts just starting to grow, so that the little sprouts are just on the surface of the soil and they're just sort of peeking up out of your freshly potted little pots, and the little tuber is below ground, and they should do fine. The the one thing that can happen is they can rot if you keep them too wet. So you want moist soil, and you'll water when dry but do that that sort of 48 hours or thereabouts of just drying down the tubers before you plant
1: okay okie doke you so. do have a good one okay Thank you, you too, you too. Okay. yeah thanks for the call there helen mm.
2: uh, yeah i see spring is in the air
1: yeah right? absolutely that's neat that you can cut them up like that
2: yeah just... well plants plants know plants know if spring is in the air yeah. right you know that, that's why these little tuberous begonias are starting yeah. to grow they feel they're it. probably sitting in some little paper bag somewhere in yeah. some dark basement but they know it's is spring is in the air that
1: is fascinating I know okay um, have we got time for I got a little email here from okay. uh, yeah this is from oh, sorry, my, uh, Cindy oh. yeah yeah uh, I live in southwestern Ontario Elmer Ontario we moved to our home three years ago not much in the backyard but grass so they created a border garden around the perimeter, have, had the grass turn up and laid back garden cloth to prevent weeds in the grass from coming back up. We had topsoil brought in and covered with mulch. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the first year. The uh, the second year we started planting, mm-hmm. she says, I hate cutting through the cloth. Right. It's a pain. So yeah. here here is, she has a few questions, but we'll do the first yes. one. This is Should
2: taking I, advantage of email, I yes.
1: suggest. <laughs> Should I pull up the cloth for good? Mm-hmm. She says yes. Her husband says it would be a ma- a maintenance issue. And then she says, but that being said, he's not the one planting. <laughs> so what do you think?
2: Okay, so what I would say, Cindy, if you are listening, because this was an email sent a couple of weeks ago... Um the, the reason people put that landscape fabric or that black cloth down on the surface of the soil is, like you said, it's to keep the weeds down. However, um, and water should go through, fertilizer should go through, and weeds should not be able to come up. When you're planting, I use an um, like a box cutter, an X-Acto knife. I cut an X into the cloth. I open up my X, my flaps of my X, <coughs> excuse me, dig down, plant my plant. Firm the soil around, put the uh, uh, cloth up against the plant, and put the mulch back. You're right, it adds time to your planting, so it, it's kind of a pain that way, but it does work to keep weeds down. So you've got that cost benefit. So, I, you know, your husband's point is a good one, and as is yours, yours is a good point. The one reason why I hate the fabric is when the squirrels start getting interested in your garden. And when the squirrels get curious and want to start digging around in your garden and they run into the cloth, their little claws pull up the cloth and then you've got these little tufts of cloth sticking up out of the mulch and you can never put it back down. Once it's up a bit, it's up. That's when you have to remove it and it's harder to remove when you've got lots and lots of plants in there. Also say you were planting bulbs, you know, like me. I Dropped a thousand bulbs into a couple of areas in my garden. If Mm -hmm. I'd had to go through cloth to do that, that would have been a real pain. So I, I I prefer to not use the cloth and just use a good layer, two to four inches of mulch. I use pine bark mulch on the surface of the soil. Helps keep in moisture, helps keep weeds down, keeps the soil cool. You know, the mulch is sort of the most important thing. So keep get your you know make sure you got the mulch. The fabric you could go either way.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've used a little bit of both in our garden Some places mulch, some places cloth I agree that the cloth is a bit of a pain
2: And uh, weed seeds can blow in And grow on top of the cloth like uh-huh. it's, it's not like you'll never have a weed A right. weed in your garden just because you have the
1: cloth Gotcha Okay, let's go to a caller uh, We're going to go to Barry mm-hmm. And another first time caller We are going to hear from Jean How are you this morning, Jean? Uh,
5: fine, thanks very much Good. Good morning I would
1: love to give you your garden wings, Jean
5: I'm oh. sorry? Wings, you get your wings. Your Welcome wings, to the show. because you're a first-time show. caller. Oh, thank you.
1: you <laughs> what do you got there, Jean?
5: Well, I, I, it's a little different from those other people. What I have is, like, number one, poison ivy. Mm-hmm. And actually, when you mentioned that black cloth, I remember trying that. Was it last year or the year before? And what happened was, actually, what they uh, it, it uh, yeah killed the spot where it was, but it, it just came up. It spread a path where the I covered it up. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, poison ivy really um, uh, spreads. Yeah. And the thing is, like, it's in, like, um, a larger area, like a pasture, and I've got, you know, farm animals that will eat that, that, um, that, that, uh, Stuff, Mm. so I'm kind of careful on what I put. How to, how to, I've got to kill it, Mm. the poison ivy, that is, get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've, I noticed I I looked up somewhere, I can't, a while ago, it kept graze on. Have you ever heard of that? What's it called? Graze on.
2: Oh, graze on. No, I haven't.
5: Yeah, so they say spray the entire pasture with it, but Mm -hmm. I I have no idea. I don't want to be spraying things like I don't want, uh, I want. I don't believe in GMO um, right. uh, vegetables you right. name it right. which they're coming out with more and more and you'd rather avoid uh, things like um, what's the most common like killer which now they don't well, use <clears throat>
2: so yeah you're, this is tra- the challenge is even if you don't like the idea of using some of these toxic chemicals don't worry about the GMO thing because GMO is not an issue in the horticultural industry it's a big deal in agriculture so with the crops like the corn and the wheat, but uh, rice, there's a lot of GMO research being done there. <clears throat> the only GMO horticultural crop that I know of is one
5: apple that came out of oh, British yeah, Columbia. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm not too concerned uh, about yeah, that. I'm yeah, don't... concerned about the fact that my farm animals uh-huh, would be eating yeah. whatever... Uh, what was the, time? the most common one, uh, uh, the, the killer... Uh, which... You're thinking of Roundup, probably. Yeah, that's what I meant, Roundup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so you don't want to be eating uh, Roundup type of stuff. Right. But, but the, the I'm trying to... Um, there's another thing that, another thing that some you one would think of but I read it's not a good idea which is burning it putting in a burn barrel and burning it. Yeah.
2: It we, actually does work but you'd have to get it out of the ground first. Like you want Oh
5: yeah no, but if you could do that. Look I'm willing to do the work if you hmm. could do that. But what I read was that putting in a burn barrel the oil but I guess the oil will fly all over the place but I I mean it can't reproduce.
2: No. It can't, and so you're right. There is a toxicity aspect of burning poison ivy briefly while it's burning, mm-hmm. but otherwise, don't be overly concerned about that. No, I think you'll find, for it's because poison ivy is so invasive and so noxious, yeah. it is on the noxious weed list. It mm-hmm. is actually against the law to allow poison ivy to grow on your property. Mm-hmm. So you are entitled to use things like Roundup. Mm-hmm. It will Roundup will only work on poison ivy, or will work best early in the Spring, mm-hmm. so as soon as you start to see the little green bits greening up where you've seen it last year, you begin spraying on hot sunny days or just at least sunny days, and you continue to spray every three or four days as long as you're seeing green where but the poison. There's a lot
5: ivy. of a lot of it involved, a lot of uh, you know area involved. Mm-hmm. So, is there anything else that could be used other than Roundup on it? Oh, there are other
2: chemicals that you would have access to, but again, if you're opposed to using chemical control, mm-hmm. you can dig, which has its challenges, of course. Mm-hmm. Or number three, uh, very non-toxic, is what we call solarization. And regardless of how large the area is, you need tarps to you cut everything down tight to the ground mm-hmm. with your mowing, and. Tarps go over top where this noxious weed is. Yeah, I that's what I tried
5: before, and yeah. it wasn't...
2: Uh, it will work, but you have to leave those tarps there for like six months. So it, Yeah, a, no, I left them there for a year. Oh, actually,
5: really? But it went, and it just spread like crazy. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about, what about Weed Be Gone? Uh, Again,
2: following the instructions early in the season is the time to use herbicides to be most effective with young, soft, tender weeds, whether it's poison ivy or dandelions. So, yeah, we'd be gone, we'll work too, but you just have to follow the instructions and stay on it and keep spraying. Great. Thanks okay. so much
1: for your yeah, call there, Jean, and that, uh, Jean. welcome, or good luck with that, and uh, mm-hmm. give us a call back, uh, maybe in the spring, let us know how it went, okay?
2: Exactly. We need Great. an update on that yeah.
1: eventually. thanks so much. I'm going to give those numbers out again. Uh, Toronto number 416-360-0740 or anywhere else in the province of Ontario. It's a toll-free call, one 740 4740 I need to talk to you. I, I would love to know about, uh, al- I love allium, the oh, allium yeah. bulbs. Yeah, yeah. I love, and uh, you know what, and uh, so many of those onion, yeah. things. It's an onion, eh? Ornamental onion. Yeah, so many of those things work well on mass, like when they're in a group. In mass, yeah. You know? You're such a one. designer
2: at heart. God, you're a creative but, guy.
1: <laughs> but it's true. You see the big patches <laughs> yeah, of them, and you think that's yeah. what really works.
2: Right. So that's where you need an acreage like I have. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, like, I, I get jealous. Do I hear you talking al- about al- dropping
1: a 1,000 bulbs. <laughs> yeah, and we I was do like Holy moly.
2: I know. Wow. Yeah, I have a couple of different kinds of allium at my place. <sighs> and, you know, it's funny. I can't right now remember which variety it was, but they were a showstopper. Uh, like, literally, literally, yeah. people would stop their cars and look and go, yeah. wow. Yeah. What is that? Absolutely, <laughs> because yeah. they were they were big orange globes standing, you know, meter tall, yeah. in, in mass, uh, not too far from the from the road, so they could see them, but nobody knew what they were.
1: Love them, yeah, love them. How about Amanda Villa? Here's an email. Good morning, Charlie. I received this Mandevilla on Mother's Day 2021 and managed to overwinter it mm-hmm. in my condo sunroom. She has sent some pictures. I cut it back in the fall, stems to the ceiling, uh, and trimmed longer stems in the winter. I water thoroughly approximately every two and a half weeks. It seems okay with warm, sunny days and cool nights in yeah, this room. Perfect. it perfect now has flower buds um, that they look like they'll open soon. She says, I'm so freaking excited. She says, what do I do now?
2: Su- Susan might be your sister.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Susan in Cambridge.
2: Right. So the challenge is that here she is with buds. So of course you want to not do any pruning right now, yep. but it's got tendrils probably as Susan's watching it, they're growing, right? Because we're at that time of year where everything is elongating. So what I would do is Try not to trim it right now if you don't have to. Uh, we can see by the photographs that actually Susan's got this plant in a nice big pot, and she has an what's called an obelisk. In the pot. Yeah, so, I love those. Yeah, so it's not like a flat trellis. It's a no. three-dimensional uh, climbing apparatus. I love it. And yeah, exactly. The Mandeville is very happily going up it. So what I would do for now, Susan, is just train what is coming, the new growth, onto the obelisk. If you say, but it's March, want you know it's going to get too big by June, don't, don't hesitate to cut back as required for the next month or so, but keep your buds. Don't be cutting them off. Wow.
1: You know, in <laughs> life, there are bad problems and there are good problems. <laughs> I know, I know. and That is <laughs> a good problem. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> a, a, a great, huge <laughs> Mandevilla. Yeah, uh, you beautiful. know, we have got some callers on the line, but I'm going to go take, I'm going to take a quick break first, okay. okay? And then we will come back again. Just going to give you those numbers one more time. 416 Toll free, one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. 740 4740 We will be right back
0: don't change stations just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round this is the garden show with charlie dobbin Exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: Yes, indeed. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin and and I'm Dean Holland, and we are thrilled and a half to be here in Zoomerplex. (laughs) I like the way you say that. Well, we are. You know, it is. It's great. Again, great to be here in person. Mm -hmm. It's uh, nice to always great to share information about uh, the gardens that are quickly quickly showing their little buds and little faces. Yeah, indeed. Uh, We're going to go to Oshawa now. I have got Isabel on the line. How are you this morning, Isabel? Morning. Good. You there, Isabel? She, oh, she, maybe we maybe she went for a coffee. Exactly, you can hear her. She She's in the background coffee. making okay, coffee. Okay, well, maybe we can get Isabel either keep her on the line or we'll uh, she can call back. We then we're going to go to Toronto. Mm-hmm. I have got uh, I've got uh, Elizabeth on the line. Uh, Elizabeth, how are you this morning?
5: Oh, very well, thank you. Looking forward to spring.
3: Yes, us
1: as well. In the meantime,
5: I've got a a question about my house plants. Mm -hmm. I want to propagate uh, two particular plants, a jade, which is quite large, and I would like to propagate a snake plant. Mm -hmm. And that's not very full. But I'm wondering if I can propagate those from the leaves
4: only.
2: Yeah, actually you can. Usually with the jade we'll take cuttings, so we'll take a, the t- if it's a fairly large plant, it probably needs a little pruning anyway, and that's where you cut off four to six inch tip cuttings, remove the lower leaves from where you've made the cuttings, and it's from that, those nodes, where those leaves were, that roots will grow. Of course, jades being a succulent, we don't go directly into a jar of water or anything, we let them dry down a little bit, even just sitting on the window ledge on a you know, piece of newspaper, roots will start to Grow that the the, the yeah. jades are super tough that way, often uh, a jade will start growing roots when it 's still attached to the plant you 'll see where it 's a perfect spot to take a cutting because there are roots on the um, on the cutting so that 's a thought for that snake plant. Believe it or not, you can cut snake plant is properly called Sansevieria, and it is got tall, very tall, linear leaves. Another name for snake plant is mother-in-law's tongue because it's a kind of a sharp, very tough uh, um, plant. It is, a, and it's it's tough in the sense that it's it's hard to kill, but it's also tough because the leaves are very leathery. Um, but you can take one leaf and you can cut that leaf up into segments that are about three inches wide so if the leaf is 12 inches tall and you cut it off the plant now you've got four segments of three inches each and then where you've made the cuts on those keep make sure you know which way is up and which way is down when you're cutting up and the downside just stick moist sand just a little bit into that moist sand or perlite or even moist potting soil with the cut end and let them be and the new plants will grow it's quite magical and this is the time to do it. This is Days are getting longer. Plants are getting very excited and starting to really respond to the longer days. So really, really good time to be taking cuttings or uh, doing any kind of propagation of things like snake plant.
5: Magic. Okay.
1: Thank you. Thank you yeah. very much, Elizabeth. Thanks for
2: calling. Yeah.
1: So I may have to buy a lottery ticket on the way home today. Because? because well, this doesn't happen very often. We have another caller on the line from Barry, who is also a Jean. <laughs> we have two in the same show. So how are you nice. this morning, Jean? <laughs> Good morning, Jean. Good morning, Jean. How are you, my oh, dear? Oh there's no Jean. Because I don't get to buy Carlos, there's no Jean there. Oh, Jean's gone. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? Forget I'd the lottery go. ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> forget the lottery ticket. <laughs> well, easy we, come, easy go. We do
2: have time if you want to give the numbers. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to do that now.
1: 416-360-0740 is the Toronto number. Anywhere else in the province of Ontario, we uh, you can call toll-free at 1-866-740-4740.
2: I want to tell you a little story that um, was shared to me, with me. Uh, Colin Campbell is a neighbor of mine where I live in Prince Edward County, and he owns Campbell's Orchards. Uh, His dad started it years ago, and Colin and his wife took it over years ago. So Colin sent me a note, and then we got on the phone, and he said, I think you really need to encourage people to feed birds. And I was like, well, I do. I'm a big fan of feeding birds myself. And he said, because what I'm really noticing, and he's got – acreage, and he's got hundreds of fruit trees Mm -hmm. on his property. He feeds birds and has for the last 30 years. And he said, my neighbours used to feed birds as well. So we had flocks and flocks of birds, but the neighbours have slowly but surely moved away, and fewer and fewer of his neighbours are feeding birds. But he still has lots and lots. And he said, it's so interesting to see where the birds have come onto his property and been so happy to hang out, and they're sitting in the trees. And he said, you would not believe the amount of guano that's dropped at the base of my trees where the birds have been hanging out eating. Okay. So bird poop he said, do you think that would be a good thing having all that bird poop around my my trees. And I was like, absolutely! Like once it decomposes, it's pure nitrogen. It's yeah. it's good, you know, free fertilizer, right? And so that got us on the free fertilizer story. Yeah. about you know, keeping your leaves on the property, mulching your lawn when you hmm. mow, don't ever get rid of organic matter. Well, encouraging birds to come and poop on your property ah. is a really good idea as well because free fertilizer. So yeah, so it was, it was kind of the, you know Saturday morning. Let's talk bird poop, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I
1: hadn't I hadn't honestly thought of it that way.
2: Well, me neither. And that was why he called me. He was do you think this is weird? Or yeah, do you think no. there's like a point to I go, I said, well, you know, Colin, we could so easy. He, he said, I'd like to test this. I said, well, you know what? Maybe we should, I'll come over. I've got a little soil testing, yeah. uh, like home chemistry kits. I'll come and we can dig soil where there's no obvious bird poop yeah. and we can dig soil where there is bird poop and we can test it. And he was like, yeah, let's do that. So, you are just
1: a very clever woman. <laughs>
2: so as soon as we get a little thaw,
1: we're going to do that. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, let's go to a caller. We have got uh, Sandra on the line. Uh, She's calling from Toronto. How are you this morning, Sandra?
4: I'm fine, Dean. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. Uh, You've answered many questions for me in the past. I I have, um, as I'm getting older, I want to make things a little easier for myself. Mm -hmm. And I have a bed with yellow iris. Mm -hmm. It's at the base of a little deck that leads from the back door. It faces directly north. And I just don't want to have to dig them all up again. They're The raccoons keep digging them out and I keep finding them in the middle of the lawn. I'd like to replace it with something that's fairly low maintenance that would grow around two to three feet high because I want it to hide the trellis, which the iris leaves did. And the bed is about four and a half, five feet long by about two foot wide.
2: Hmm. And did you say there's a tree in that bed, or it's just new? No, th- no, just iris.
4: Um, it was the raccoons that have been digging the iris out. They take a chunk out of them and yeah. leave them in the middle of the lawn. Right. <laughs>
2: but north-facing. So is there any direct sun, or is it all indirect sun? No, so, there is
4: direct sun. It gets the afternoon, later afternoon really sun. The iris would west. bloom. I would have lovely yellow iris. Hmm. So, you know, the aris would grow that.
2: So, okay, how what I would probably do, not, you know, trying to just visualize this quickly, I would probably put a small ornamental tree into that garden, that two foot by four, two, four and a half foot, like a, a, you know, small ornamental tree. So that would be like a... A hydrangea, as an example, or uh, something, I guess, depending if if this is too tight for the space, because eventually these trees do get fairly wide,
4: they just don't get tall. There's a strip of grass in front of it, and then there's uh, the patio that we use. Right. Um, And the deck, I usually put um, a window box on the, the railing so that trails down.
2: Okay, so it would still be nice to get some height in there. So maybe what I would do is I would use herbaceous height, like maybe some canna lilies, just to give a little bit of height every for the growing
4: season. But so- they take a fairly long time to to grow don't they some um, i i want it to hide this trellis that's really behind
2: oh yeah no i'm just saying some cannas in as part of it and then oh, ar- okay. at, at the, around that what jumped into my brain when you said north and what i love and is so low maintenance are hellebores so h e l l e B as in Bob, O R E. So hellebores, they they will do, they'll be fine if they get some direct sun, but they they are do fine in the shade. Make sure the soil is well enriched with lots of organic material, and uh, in that kind of a space, they, they're not fast growing these plants, but they are so beautiful. L- yeah. Lenten rose is the other common name for the hellebores. So they bloom now, early in the spring, but they're evergreen, so they'll always be there. Always. So I'll always
4: have green. That, always. So I could. Do hellebores at the back with something in the front?
2: You could. They will grow depending on the variety. Man, yeah, maybe a foot tall. So you know, you could fill the whole thing with hellebores if you want. I just so often I like to see a little bit up and down within a garden, get a little bit of height in there. Or you could put something lower. Yeah, put some hellebores at the back and something towards the front. You know, it could be something simple like maybe creeping flocks or something like that. If there's enough sun, mm-hmm. uh, they'll that'll grow nicely in the for in the foreground. So um, yeah. That's okay. what I would do.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot for the call there, okay, Sandra. Okay, thank you. Good okay, luck thank with you. that, Sandra. And we are having a hellabore good time here on the show. <laughs> yeah, wait for there. that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I have to take a break now, and we'll be back with big more good. callers.
0: <laughs> Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: Yes, we are back, and we're in a race now. To the, we have to try and squeeze in all these callers before the end of the, the hour. We're going to Oshawa. We have Isabel on the line. How are you this morning, Isabel?
4: I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Good.
1: What do you got there for Charlie?
4: I'd like to know when to cut uh, lilac bushes back in Brighton. Nice. Uh,
2: well, good for you. When? Uh, sorry. Cut them back
4: right after they flower.
2: So depending on how early or late our spring is, that could be May, it could be June, but it's just when they finish flowering, so many of our flowering shrubs enjoy the flowers. Once the flowers are done, do your pruning.
4: A okay. weeks ago, you mentioned the proscythia, so they've done that. So I'm, it's my daughter's house. And uh, they were wondering about the lilacs.
2: Yeah, wait till they flower. What I mentioned the forsythia, I was talking about bringing some in the house to enjoy it blooming. Uh, but the forsythia is due to bloom earlier, obviously, than the lilacs. So same thing. Enjoy those, those forsythia blooms and do your, your cutting and pruning afterwards in order to maximize the,
1: the beauty of the shrubs. All right. Okie okay. Doke. Thanks for calling. Okay, thanks, Isabel. Uh, we are going to go signal. to one of those little towns that I mentioned a little earlier. We're going to go to Hagersville, mm-hmm. which is just up the road from Jarvis. <laughs> Nancy, how are you this morning?
3: Good morning. Good
1: morning. 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 How are, are things in Hagersville?
2: Oh, it's cold. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah cold it was kind of cold on the drive-in. It's yeah. snowy, too.
2: Oh, it's all going to melt this yeah. week,
1: I think. It's coming. Yep. It's coming. What do you got all for right. uh, here? You. I'll
5: put you on speaker.
1: Okay, what do you got there for Charlie?
5: I have a um, a few orchids, mm-hmm. and some of them have little chew marks in the sides of the leaves. I didn't know what would attack
2: the leaves of your orchid. Like really, chew marks or just like little mutated margins on the leaves? Like it really looks like something's chewing?
5: It does. <laughs> mm, like raw tissue. Yeah, Some one spot is about... Well, a little less than maybe around an eighth of an inch in. Mm-hmm.
2: Almost like mice have chewed it. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> what you need is one of those motion-detected detector <laughs> cameras, right? Um, because, I mean, there's very few insects that chew orchids, and they would be evident. You would see them on the plants. Uh-huh. So I would not be overly concerned about there being insects doing this damage. But is it possible? Have you got, like, a greenhouse, or where are oh. they located? No, just in the house. In the house. And do you, have, do you have a cat? Is there any evidence of mice at your place? <laughs> no. no. Do you have a husband
1: that sleepwalks? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> just eating the organs. Hungry children. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, or a cat or a dog, right? Yeah. You never mm-hmm. know who's going to chew on your plants. Hmm. That's a good one. You know what? Ta- can you take a photograph and email that to me so I can see it?
5: Uh I could try. Yeah, I'll All
1: right. ju- you know, ju- yeah just yeah. I'll give you the email uh for anybody that yes. has something like that, that they want to send a picture especially to Charlie. Mm-hmm. Uh the email is c dot that's D-O-B-B-I-N at mzmedia.com. And then Charlie can take a look at it, and we can, uh, we can address it, it on the air. That- yeah,
2: because that's a, that's a good one. And, you know, remember Terry Kennedy was with us a few weeks yeah. ago uh, around Valentine's yeah. Day, and she knows absolutely everything about orchids. So if you send me a picture of something like that, I could always forward to Terry and say, what do you think? Yeah. And she might have some analysis that I'm not thinking about gotcha. right now.
1: So we'll try and squeeze this in. We have one more caller on the line. I've got uh, Rita from Port Coburn I I played at the theater there in Port Coburn many many years ago just Mm -hmm. south of Welland how are you Rita good morning good morning good morning what What? do you got there for Charlie
3: okay when I listen to your show Mm -hmm. I forget I forget about all the bad things in the world thank you (laughs) very much
2: good me too and I just
3: came up with an idea everyone should plant a sunflower this summer Mm
2: -hmm. for the Ukrainians good idea yellow that would be great sunflowers for Ukraine And we're all Ukrainian right now, right? That's one of the things that's going on. We're all... Good idea. So sunflowers. There's dwarf sunflowers. There's Russian mammoths. Maybe we don't want to plant the Russian mammoths, but you might want to plant tall ones anyway. Yeah, thanks uh, for that. Uh, but yeah, good idea. I like that, Rita. Thanks
1: for that, Rita. You yeah. have a great week. Thank you. Um, you. Rita reminded me of something on Highway 6 between Hamilton and mm. Guelph. My goodness, there used to be. People would stop. I stopped. There was a whole Massive farmer's field. field full of the mammoth sunflowers. Mm-hmm. And you would constantly, when they were in bloom, see people stopping their cars on the side of the but road remember and taking pictures. That
2: went out on it. Instagram breathtaking. and then,
1: and I used to, yeah. When I lived down in Hamilton, yeah. used to pass that breathtaking,
2: yeah. Yeah, so and that's that mass planting you were talking mass about planting. when you were talking about allium, right? Yeah. And you know it's like lavender. People, you know, when it's commercially grown and it's grown in large quantities, it's it is breathtaking, breathtaking. not to mention beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Wow. Imagine, Imagine. The, how happy the birds were when yeah. they saw those
1: sunflowers. Yeah, it's true. Anything on mass yeah. really is. Yeah, very, yeah,
2: very yeah but it, there was damage done to that field. Like they ended up having to barricade it off from the oh. public because right. yeah. people were trampling the they plants. Were, yeah,
1: they were getting trying
2: to get the selfies, the yeah. best
1: selfies. You know, to stand on the edge is one thing, but to go in and start trampling. Yeah, things down. yeah. That's I know. The There's a, f- a few bad apples in the bunch, Yahoo's. unfortunately, that sometimes spoil. I know. Yeah. Oh, well. So, beca- you know, if you yeah. see something like that, it's great take to pictures. stand on the edge and take yeah, a picture, yeah. but just be mindful.
2: Don't be, yeah, don't be uh, climbing in the field. Yeah. And that's all coming anyway. We've got to wait for the snow to melt, yeah. but it's going to happen this week, so we're pretty excited about that. And then, of course, remember, lose that hour tomorrow. And right. remember, next Saturday is our last show for the winter. Yeah. And I want to thank you, Dean. Thank you. Thanks for being here. It's been a delight. It's been pretty fun. Thanks, Carlos. Nice to see you in live and and in real for a change. And thanks to the great callers and, you know, keep them coming. Love
0: to hear your, your tips, your tricks, your techniques, and your questions. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.